way to focus in on why we're here. Holy is the Lord. Our God is awesome. We get to sing about his character. It's the only reason that we're here. Amen. Amen. Today, we get an opportunity to mix things up a little bit. We get to do things a little bit differently. I want you just to hold on uh, to try and stay focused. Uh, We're going to keep things moving. Uh, I'm just going to give a couple of short sermon points, kind of spaced throughout uh, our time here today. And first, I want to focus in on how our worship ought to be vertically focused. Uh, Let's go ahead and turn our Bibles over to Ephesians chapter 1. You know, the entirety of our service today is going to be on focusing just worshiping God. And, and hopefully that's what we're doing every single Sunday when we come together. It's the only reason that we come together. But this Sunday, we get to attempt to be even more mindful about it than we do normally. In Ephesians 1, verse 11, it says, In Him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of His glory. Think about what Paul is saying here in Ephesians. He says that we were chosen in order that we, who have put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of His glory. When you see verses that say things like this, and we have those words, might be, that leaves it with us to decide what actually ends up happening. We've been predestined to bring God glory. We've been predestined to focus our eyes towards Him, to worship Him, to focus out on Him in in a vertical way when we come together. But it might be for the praise of His glory. It's up to us, and so we then have to ask the question, Okay, well, well, how do I bring God glory? It's up to me, but how do I do it? How do I, how do, I do this? Man, we live righteous lives. We serve the poor. Uh, we serve the body of Christ. We bring God glory through our sacrificial giving. There's a lot of ways that we can bring God glory. To bring God glory is, is to exalt Him, though, first and foremost. It's to say, God, you are God, and I am not And you are in the position that deserves praise and glory and honor, and I am not. And that's why we sing. This is not just a way uh, that we can feel uh, some kind of emotional uh, uh, feeling or have an experience. That's not why we're here. We're here to talk about how great our God is, to lift Him up with the words of these songs, and to really be encouraged in our heart that God is this way, and He will always be this way. Go to Psalm chapter 86. This is a great example of bringing God glory. The Psalms are really just a a treasure trove of ways that instruct us on how we can worship God. And we get a great example here uh, as David writes in Psalm 86 verse 8. He says, Among the gods there is none like you. Lord, no deeds can compare with yours. Notice lowercase gods in verse 8. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you. Lord, they will bring glory to your name. For you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. 
It's really simple. The way that we bring glory to God, or at least in part, is by worshiping Him and by deciding that He's going to be the topic of our worship and that we are not. Sometimes we do get stuck, though, in the mindset that worship is, is just the singing, right? Uh, well, I, I come to Sunday uh, you know, service, and, and the worship is just the singing, and then when we leave, we stop worshiping. No, uh, not, not, not at all. What, what this verse is saying is that everything, you know, everything that we do, in the context of a typical Sunday service, right, worship is not just limited to the music, though. It, it encompasses uh, the communing the praying, uh, the scripture reading, you listening to the word being preached. The preaching is worship. The giving is worship. The fellowship before, during, after, that's all worship. There's vertical things going on between us and God, and there's horizontal things going on as well. Uh, we encourage one another, and the way that we talk to one another can be worship towards God if God is then the topic of what we're talking about. All of these things are worship to God. Collective worship, sure, it might be how we sing to God and how we focus our hearts during communion. It's how we listen to the Word of God. It's how we direct our minds in prayer. It's how we serve the family in fellowship. All of these things are worship to our great God. That's a lot of different things, and there's so many more. But there's one thing that's not included in the definition of worship. And it's your personal preference over how you want things to go. <laughs> You know, uh, th th here's the challenge. Uh, we all have grown up, in, in, you know, in different uh, circumstances, and we like different things. Uh, somebody might get really fired up over gospel music. Somebody might say, well, that's not really my thing. Uh, somebody might get really fired up about the, you know, the, the 17 and 1800s and all the great hymns that were written during that period. Some people might like uh, Chris Tomlin or Rich Mullins and these guys that have done contemporary Christian songs that have changed how we worship. And, and worship music changes, uh, of course, uh, with, uh, with culture and as uh, different musical styles change, our worship changes as well. But here's my encouragement to you. Whether it's your thing or not, let's not worry about necessarily the style of the music, and let's worry about the content of what is being said. Uh, the worship team does their best to try and give a little bit of everything for everybody with what we have on stage. You know, we can only do so much with our band, but... They do a great job, and we try to do, you know, what we can. But my encouragement to you is, hey, don't get, don't get stuck. And also, don't get stuck in thinking that worship is just the songs. Uh, it's so much more. And, well, the preaching was good, but I really didn't get anything out of the song service. Yeah, I like the people at church, but I'm really just not a fan of the worship. Uh, uh, it's not a big deal for me to be late. They always start with a bunch of singing. I'll get there for the preaching, and that's the important part. You know, whatever the thing is that might be in your mind, let's, let's really embrace that, man, we get a great opportunity to worship, but it's got to be focused towards God, and it's not about you or what you'd like. It's, it's all about God and us being able to lift Him up. Uh, the next few songs that we're going to sing this morning are all songs of a, of a vertical nature. Uh, we started off just singing about the character of God, but now we're going to move into really uh, songs that are totally vertically focused. Uh, we're going to sing the song, I Need Your Love, uh, and make our way towards preparing for a communion. Uh, let's go ahead and all stand up, and we'll, uh, we'll sing, I Need Your Love. Heading. You know, in, in just a couple of minutes, we're going to be taking up our weekly contribution. 
Uh, and as I mentioned before, we can get caught up in thinking, man, just all the songs, that's the worship. And when it comes time for contribution, that's just the church is asking for money. And I guess they need that. Uh, here you go. <laughs> and it becomes this kind of a drudgery, just this thing that we do. And so we're going to do it a little bit differently today. We're going to worship with our contribution. Hopefully your mind and your heart is of the opinion that whenever you do give and you give sacrificially that it is true worship to God. Is it worship because of how much you've given? No, but because of the state of your heart to say, God, I trust you with this and I know that I don't need it because you're going to take care of me. Amen. Go ahead and turn over to Romans chapter 12. We're just going to touch on this. We can't really uh, unpack all of it. But in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Uh, so what do we see here is our true form of worship. It's giving our bodies as a living sacrifice. That's to say, in every single thing that I do, uh, when I go to school, and when I go to work, and when I'm with my family, that, that's all part of your worship as well. You're giving yourself as a sacrifice to say, this is how I worship you, to live your ways and not my own. Now, I, I don't know about you, uh, but I would imagine that a sacrifice on the altar wouldn't necessarily uh, willingly volunteer itself to go up onto the altar all the time. <laughs> Can you imagine that? You have the altar, and, and there's a sacrifice that's going to be made, and the goat or the lamb or whatever just says, all right, here we go, and jumps on. <laughs> It, it takes a little bit for us to decide to be a living sacrifice, and it doesn't feel good, but it's what God calls us to do. And it's holy and it's pleasing to God for us to do this. This is worship, when we give to Him and don't focus on ourselves. Verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want to connect this idea to contribution and what we do for contribution. What is, what is the pattern of this world when it comes to money? Uh, you start to think about that. What is the pattern of this world? Uh, from, from a very young age, let's say you're, you're in high school, right? Why study for a test in high school? <laughs> because you want to get good grades. Okay, well, why do you have to get good grades in high school? So you can get into a good college. Well, why do you have to get into, get into a good college? So that you can get a good job. Why do you have to get a good job? So that you can have money. <laughs> and be secure in your future. Okay, now, high school students, I'm not saying, hey, mom and dad, Josh said that I don't have to study for my tests. Um, <laughs> surely, in everything that we do, we work at it with all of our heart, as if we're serving the Lord. Do, do well on your tests. Um, <laughs> but, but you think about uh, life uh, in the world, right? In the world, the, the thought is, it's, it's totally driven on, am I going to be successful? And what's the measure of success? Uh, what your bank account says, or, or, or what might, might be uh, your, your, uh, the, the way that you live, how comfortable you are, the things that you have. That's the pattern of this world. Right. 
That's the pattern of the world. And what we're called to do in worship is to not conform to the pattern of the world anymore. That means that when you become a disciple, this is yours, God, and I don't need it. This, this is all yours. And, and surely God knows what we need, and he is going to take care of us. But to understand worship, we must first and foremost remember that it's in view of God's mercy. God knows that we're not perfect. He knows that we need him. This whole thing starts off. He says, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. It's not just offer yourself as a sacrifice and give up everything that you have. No, it's in view of God's mercy. What's the motivation? Well, because God's given me so much, I just want to try and give back to him. Uh, let's read a quick story, and then uh, we're going to pass the plates and sing a song. Uh, go over to First Chronicles chapter 21. I've got to read this quick story. As we talk about uh, David, there's this story about him giving. I love David's heart here. In First Chronicles chapter 21, uh, we'll start in verse... Uh, we'll start in verse 18. It says, Then the angel of the Lord ordered God to tell David to go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of uh, Ariuna the Jebusite. Okay, there we go. Names. There we go. So David went up in obedience to the word that God had spoken in the name of the Lord. So while this guy's threshing wheat, he turns and sees an angel uh, his four sons were with him. Sorry, I'm now ad-libbing. Uh, his, uh, his sons were with him. David approaches. When they look out and they see David, they're, they're afraid. They, they bow down and worship uh, even to David with their face to the ground. Verse 22. David said to them, Let me have the sight of your threshing floor so I can build an altar to the Lord that the plague on the people may be stopped. Sell it to me at the full price. Ariuna said to David, Take it! Let my lord the king do whatever, he, uh, whatever pleases him. Look, I will give the oxen for the burnt offerings, uh, the threshing sledges for the wood, and the, the wheat for the grain offering. I will give all of this. But King David replied to Ariuna, No, I insist on paying the full price. I will not take for the lord what is yours or sacrifice a burnt offering that costs me nothing. So David has this opportunity to build an altar for the Lord, and this guy that he comes and says, well, this is where I want to build it, the guy that owns this land and this place, he says, uh, take it, it's yours, you're the king, do with it what you want. And David had the right as the king to be able to just take that land and uh, surely do what he wanted with it. But what was David's heart? His heart was that he would insist on giving because it was going to cost him something, because he knew what God had given him. And I think that when we give and when we uh, contribute to the mission of the gospel, we should also have this same heart. We, we're going to insist on paying the full price. We're going to insist to not just get by with what we can give because it's comfortable, but to give in a sacrificial way and to be able to not uh, be robbed of the opportunity to give to God. He says, I insist on paying the full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours or sacrifice a burnt offering that costs me nothing. In a moment here, uh, Deshaun is going to uh, lead the song, uh, I Give Myself Away. 
And as we sing that song, we're going to pass the plates. And we're going to uh, really, in worship, give in this way. Uh, I, what I'm not saying is that in order to be pleasing to God, uh, you ought to uh, you know, empty your bank account. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, what I'm saying is that we ought to give in a sacrificial way and have our hearts to say, what I can give is worship. And I'm not going to give nothing to God, but I'm going to give something, and I'm going to worship uh, and insist on doing it this way as I do my best to be a living sacrifice. Uh, so at this time, uh, Strong's going to come up. We're going to lead the song. I give myself away, and we're going to pass the plates during that song. Amen. Please be seated one more time. Thanks for doing that experiment with us. Hey, have we done it like that before? No, I don't know. Amen. But that was cool. Every single part of our service, it's, it's about worship to God. Deshaun, thanks for leading our hearts in that, to give ourselves away. The plans that we've made for our life, hey, maybe that's not what God has planned for us. We're going to close out the sermon portion here. Go to Mark uh, chapter 12. This is a familiar passage to us. I want to apply it to what we're doing and what we're talking about this morning. Mark chapter 12, verse 30, talks about giving it our all. When it comes down to it, worship is about giving it our all. Mark 12, 30 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. When it comes to worshiping God with all of your heart, I think what, it, what we really should grab onto Man, whatever it takes for you to get connected at a heart level, do that thing. If that means that you're going to close your eyes, close your eyes. If that means that you've got to sit down so you can really meditate on what the words are, sit down and meditate on those words. If that means that you're going to raise your hands, you raise your hands, but you do the thing that is going to express all of your heart. And oftentimes, though, that isn't necessarily the thing that is most comfortable for you. And so I, I would encourage you to push yourself. Man, I, I want to get connected at a heart level. I've got to shock myself into doing this in a way that is actually going to affect my life. I'm going to change the way that I worship so that I'm inspired to actually live my life this way. All of your heart, whatever it takes for you to do that, do that thing. With all of our mind, if we're worshiping with all of our mind, we've got to be aware of what we're saying. We've got to be engaged with what the lyrics say. I don't know about you, but we sing that song. It says, a living sacrifice. After just reading Romans 12, that makes it a whole lot realer, right? When you sing that song and a living sacrifice pops up, you're like, oh, okay, I, I get it. This is, this is about giving my life, and that's a true form of worship. I, I get it. But we, we miss those things if we're not engaged with all of our mind. Be aware of what you're singing. Uh, you should know whether a song is vertically focused or if it's horizontally focused. Uh, we don't necessarily sing songs like, What a Fellowship uh, to God. Uh, we're, we're talking about the, the joys uh, of being uh, in the fellowship of God. What a fellowship, what a joy divine. Uh, you're talking about the life of living a Christian. And uh, certainly we have fellowship with God, but that's not necessarily what the song uh, is all about. Uh, well, we should be engaged with what the song is, are saying that we're, we're, we're singing. Um, we've got to be able to then connect the passages of the Bible and know where uh, the connections are. Uh, we intentionally started off with the song, Ain't No Rock. 
Because when I was singing Ain't No Rock uh, for the longest time as I'm growing up in Kingdom Kids and uh, going to Bible class, I'm like, this is a ridiculous song. <laughs> and I'm like five years old thinking that this is a ridiculous song. And I'm like, this is crazy. But uh, okay, yeah, ain't no rock or tree nor bird. And then uh, sometimes people would like make a bird sound after that. And you're like, this is ridiculous. What does this have to do with the Bible? But then when we read the, the, the verse out of Luke that says, even the rocks will cry out. There we go. We, we have context. We have biblical context for why we even say those things. We've got to worship with all of our mind. We worship with all of our strength. Worship is a participatory event. Okay, ways that you can do that. Uh, in a musical aspect, you can follow the leader, and you can participate in that way to worship with all of your strength. Uh, that means if there's snapping going on, you can, you can give that shot. You can snap along. There's clapping. You can follow the leader and clap along. Uh, if there is a song that says, we stand and lift up our hands, uh, it's okay to then take what is the lyric and make it real life. <laughs> we stand and lift up our hands, and then you look around and no one has any hands up. And I'm not saying that you must worship in that way. I think you should do the thing that is able to allow you to connect at a heart level. But we've got to be willing to worship with all of our strength. Push ourselves a little bit. Uh, we've got to be aware of the dynamics sometimes uh, to say, okay, this is a meditative song, uh, and so I'm going to be meditative as I sing this song. You know, uh, there's a theory, uh, uh, Dave Eastman uh, in, up in Chicago would always say this. Uh, he's got this theory that uh, you've got about, you know, 50% uh, of the congregation that they, they can sort of kind of carry a tune, right? <laughs> and then you've got about 25% that they're always going to be a little flat, and then you've got another 25% that's always going to be a little sharp. And then I'm sure that there's some percentage that's not accounted for for some of you. But uh, then it all cancels out at volume. Boom, we've got praise. We've got worship. <laughs> of course, um, <laughs> of course uh, Psalm 100 just says it make a joyful noise. So as long as your heart is uh, connected, we're all right. Authentic worship, it, it takes the believer in our heart, in our mind, from just the mundane plainness of the world, and it invites us into the holy presence of God. Uh, we enter His gates with thanksgiving. We enter His courts with praise. In worship, as we approach and enter the holy of holies, we're allowed to forget our differences, uh, the things that racially or culturally or general, generationally uh, would keep us separate. At one time, those things defined us, but no longer when we come to grips with the blood of Christ that unites us. And that's what we get to sing about and praise about. We get to drop those things at the door. This is something that is worth getting excited about. Worshiping God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. We're going to close out the service today singing two songs that are very powerful and enthusiastic. And my encouragement to you guys would be to give it your all, to worship with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and then to carry those things with you throughout the week and your life. We were created to worship God. Worship is a response to God's mercy, His greatness. Worship is about sacrifice. It's not about our own comfort. It requires our all. Let's do our very best to give it our all, both in the service and out in the world. We're going to sing these two songs. Let's go ahead and stand together. We'll sing these two songs, and then you'll be dismissed.